Hey, common scientists. We're coming to you this week on the topic of veganism. What does it mean to be a vegan? Uh, what are those crazy people up to these days? I think I remember hearing about it for the first time and, and thinking it was just a wild concept. So we'll get into a little bit about veganism. Just a reminder for our listeners, we are common scientists. The keyword is always common. We bring some research to the table and refine and talk about it together to get a better understanding of the world, a better understanding of each other as common scientists, um, and hopefully to bring you into the common scientist community. So we're going to kick it off a little bit with a game, and I'm going to kick it right to Dre, uh, and he'll describe a little bit about what we're going to do on common science right now. Yeah, so I have this game called Vegan or Not Vegan. It's really just flashcards, what they call it a game. So we're just going to rapid fire, kind of go through these uh, foods that, and I'm going to have Lauren and Aiden guess quickly whether they think it's vegan or not. Yeah, and I want to shout out, if you guys are tuning in on the podcast channel, you can see us play this game live on the YouTube channel, uh, so check it out if you want to see me kick Aiden's butt in this vegan game. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, marshmallows. Not, Not vegan. Correct. Marshmallows have gelatin. Chewing gum. Vegan. Ooh. Not vegan. Not vegan. They often contain glycerin and aspartic. Aspartame? Is that how you say that? Aspartame, okay. yeah. French fries. Depending uh, on the oil. Not vegan. Yeah, probably because of the Correct. Oil. Usually vegan, but if you get them from McDonald's, they're cooked in animal fat, so not vegan at McDonald's. Whoa. Huh. Wine. Mm, vegan. Vegan. Not vegan. Wow. Wine ah. is often filtered using filtering agents such as bone marrow, milk protein, and fibers from crustacean shells. What? Yeah. What? Pills and tablets. Not vegan. Not vegan. Not vegan. They're often tested on animals. They also kind of have like a gelatin capsule, all Man. that type of stuff. Orange juice. Please be not. Please be vegan. Not please vegan. be vegan. Or wait, vegan. Yeah, I think vegan. Not vegan. <laughs> Some what? orange juices uh, made from, or um, are made from a concentrate containing vitamin D three, which is obtained from lanolin, which is uh. Uh, from sheep's wool. What? Man, what can Orn vegans eat? <laughs> right. Coca-Cola. Uh, mm, not vegan. Not vegan. Vegan. What? 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 <laughs> I know, Coca-Cola. Just <laughs> throws that in there. Yeah, <laughs> just Coke. <laughs> so so, so vegan is not, not necessarily healthy. Spicy sweet chili Doritos. Uh, vegan. Not vegan. Vegan. They are commonly known as the only vegan Doritos. I am obsessed. Wow. Crayons. Not vegan. Not vegan. Not vegan because they use um, beef fat for their smell and like texture or something like Crazy. that. The five dollar bill. Oh man. Vegan? They better be vegan. Or there's <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> it is vegan. Diet Pepsi. Not vegan. Not vegan. Not vegan is Aspartame. correct. Aspartame. Five. I think that's the pound. Five pound notes? That's different than the five dollar. Yes. Uh, not vegan. Vegan. Not vegan. Man, my confidence what, is Why tanking. is it not vegan? Why are um, vegan? The five pound has traces of animal fat to help anti-static and anti-slip properties. Huh. Oreos. Not, not vegan. vegan. 
vegan. What? Oreos are one of the biggest are things in the serious? vegan community for being like accidentally vegan. Even though it's got like a cream filling, but nope, no animal products. Wild. Red Bull. Not vegan. Uh, vegan. Red Bull is vegan, points to Aiden. Um, <clears throat> it does not c- contain like real taurine, and taurine is from animals. Mm. Vegetable soup. Not vegan. Uh, not vegan. You got to be careful with, um, yes, the answer is not vegan. You got to be careful with vegetable soup because a lot of times it's, it's in the like God. animal broth. Mm-hmm. Refried beans. Vegan. Vegan. Not vegan. You have to get specific. I can't remember the brand that we get, but it's a specifically one, specific one that is vegan because they have um, animal lard and sometimes mm. smoke in them. Yeah. Smoky pig Pringles. Smoky bacon. Bacon. Pringles. Sorry, I don't know why I said pig. <laughs> That's the vegan in me. <laughs> you eating pig? You're not eating bacon. <laughs> Smoky bacon Pringles. Uh. I think probably vegan. It's a wild vegan. Pig. It's got vegan. a. It's gonna be a surprising one. Icing sugar. Uh, not, not vegan. vegan. Not vegan. Often contains egg whites. Also, normal like granulated sugars usually not vegan either because they use bone char to make it, to bleach it to make it white. Wild figs. Bone char. Wow. Like a, yeah, like the fruit a fig for listeners. <laughs> vegan. Vegan. Many consider what? it not vegan because like wasps go in there and like die. And get digested, huh. so I guess some people because of that not vegan. <laughs> oh my gosh, Skittles. Skittles, vegan. Vegan. They are vegan. Hmm. Fresh pasta. Not vegan. Mm, not vegan. Not vegan. They usually contain like eggs. Bagels. Not, not vegan. vegan. Correct. Not vegan. And we're back to marshmallows. There we go. Dang. Wow. Not too bad. Not too bad. Had to have had like one so more right than you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. About <laughs> we'll have to that go one. back we'll to the tape. Audience, right. you guys decide. Let us know. <laughs> I'm sure, you guys are keeping score. Okay, so we better unpack this a little bit. What the heck is veganism? So, a couple, I can't remember what episode it was in, but at one time you and I talked about veganism, and I said, Yeah, the philosophy. Or no, you said diet. And then yeah. I said philosophy, and you said, mmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am definitely going to hard press that it is actually a philosophy, and that vegan is, or the diet is just one part of the philosophy. It is a philosophy to live a life as a human being without the exploitation of animals. Hmm, so Wikipedia would disagree with you, I think. And I think that their conjecture is... That there are several different classifications of veganism, and you can be a, uh, what's the word? You can be a, like, a philosophical vegan, Mm -hmm. which would be, like, a lifestyle vegan, or you could be a, you could be morally vegan, which would be what you just, maybe also, those Mm -hmm. two are quite tied, or you could be environmentally vegan, which is making, so it's, like, all categories of why you made the choice to not consume animal products but we can clearly hear listeners that dre thinks that it's morally wrong uh yeah no definitely i am yeah yeah because some people a lot of people are some people are vegan for health i think it's more common to be vegetarian for the health yeah and veganism is a little bit more extreme than that which where people start getting a lot of times veganisms are pretty fanatical about protecting animals lives and make sure they're not suffering uh nevertheless 
<clears throat> I mm. do obviously think that causing unnecessary suffering to living beings, specifically like sentient beings, beings that can suffer, animals, in other words, is wrong. And the reason why, I mean, number one, I think if you go to the vegan society, which is was founded by Dorothy Morgan and her husband, um, Watt, Donald Watson, and they coined the term vegan, and they don't describe it as a diet. They describe it more as a doctrine or a philosophy. So whether Wikipedia describes it as a diet or not, mm, so I'm going to go straight to the source. <laughs> so Merriam-Webster, again, not the source of, of, of veganism, uh, defines it as a strict vegetarian who consumes no food, such as meat, eggs, or dairy products that comes uh, from animals. So if you're just learning so, what veganism is, listeners, the first exercise, you might have to just go back and listen again because that means all of those products that we thought might have been vegan uh, had animal products in them, which could be really counterintuitive. I know it was for me, especially for like the fruit that was considered to be not vegan and a few of the other things mm. that we were wrong on. So it's some people take it really seriously. Uh yeah, they they definitely do, and I think a lot of it, I mean, it depends on, there's a lot of power in, in who does the defining, and I think that, like, Dre, your perspective on it being a philosophy is um, a fascinating one that I had not considered, like, that it is this, um, yeah, encompassing idea of uh, not exploiting animals. And then like the diet is a result of that. Uh, yeah. Care to expound upon maybe other areas beyond diet than that it is manifested in, in your life identifying as a vegan. Yeah. So that's where I do kind of have to check myself and ask myself, am I, am I a vegan or do I just practice a vegan diet? <laughs> Because I, I definitely am staunch and unyielding on the fact that it is a philosophy and not just a diet. To, like, to make like a comparison, it's just like Judaism, a religion, has a diet that they're supposed to follow, but you wouldn't call Judaism a diet, right? It's a religion or a philosophy or a way of life that includes, that has a dietary preference, right? Or a dietary kind of code. So that's definitely all of the kind of... Um, vegan thought leaders or whoever that I read about and listen to, they consider it a philosophy because you, in general, veganism, even in the vegan society's definition where they say veganism is a philosophy and way of living, which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practicable all forms of exploitation and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose, mm -hmm. right? So those are the people who've coined the term. I think they kind of have the right to say what it is, right? Other than like a dictionary or like a Wikipedia and ever how people want to say it, um, twist it or whatever. So it's just kind of weird to me to um, kind of make a derivative of it in that way. Because if you are vegan, by the original definition, you are choosing, yes, you are quote unquote a strict vegetarian, which is kind of a more historical, a historical term because vegetarianism was a term before veganism. Um, it's Veganism is like a stricter... Um, offshoot of it uh so to you are a vegan because you don't want to cause animal suffering 
So if you're not going to eat animals because you don't want um, you don't want animals to suffer, then that obviously is going to spill into other areas of your life. So to your question, Aiden, where does it, where else is it in my life, and where I have to question myself as if I'm a vegan is because then it, the next step I think from a lot of vegans is clothing, right? Can't mm-hmm. wear leather, can't wear wool, yeah, and other things that would, um, would um require animal suffering. And I think I do, I'm not sure if I have any leather. I'm sure I do have some leather shoes or something and maybe something. I don't know if I have any of this wool. I don't know if that's kind of a thing I've ever yeah. worn. But I don't think I've bought since I became vegan any leather. And it's something that over, so I've been vegan for, or at least been following the vegan diet <laughs> for uh, just over two years. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm learning more and more about it. Even like some of those, like when, when I first, so someone got that game for and my wife and I, after we became vegan and when we were playing it we were we were looking like y'all like completely like what like, we had like, no what? idea like <laughs> yeah. wine and so many beers are not because there's something called isin glass which is how they filter beers and that's Ising like fish glass. bladders mm. wow so it's like that's not and then I, and then we had to have this whole thing with honey like do we care about bees can bees suffer and i've now adopted like no eating honey no using beeswax products like um, lip balm and stuff like that uh, because it seems that bees might have the propensity to suffer and that farming bees or whatever you want to call it usually leads to what looks like suffering therefore I should not participate in honey beeswax etc anything that comes from bees or the uh, exploitation of insects so I'm trying to expand and be like more of a true ethical or moral vegan and live true to the philosophy because even before I was a vegan or called myself a vegan tried to aspire to be one I kind of had this philosophy um kind of molding within me of limiting the amount of suffering in in the world specifically it it was there a little bit when I was like a younger team mid-team but then once I got to college and learned more about the world and the plights of like women throughout history the plight of the gay community here, but also like specifically like in yeah. Russia and stuff like that. The plight of certain um, races throughout the world, et cetera, et cetera. The plight of the impoverished. That's where I was kind of like, hmm, this level of suffering is unacceptable. I can't just sit in Minnesota in modern America living a relatively plush life and pretend like everything's okay. I need to be more cognizant of this. I need to try to um, learn about and do anything I can to help suffering in this world or at the very least not add to it but it wasn't until just a couple and that was like college age like 18 19 but it wasn't until a couple years ago where I extended that suffering to animals in which M my wife she was a vegetarian for a little while I don't know eight months or something like that six months so as we got engaged and got married she just started posing the questions to me and obviously i wasn't going to like ask her to cook meat for me or anything like that i thought that would just be absurd um because she cares about animals and she just started posing the questions like what do you care about this and then i like i'd already had this philosophy of suffering so then she's like all right like just watch this earthlings documentary because you don't want to be I think one of the... What was the, the name of that documentary? Earthlings Earthlings, by Walking okay. Phoenix. It's one of like the V in class, like the one they hold on top of like all else. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really old, but it's still really good. It's like the early 2000s or something like that. But um, she was like, yeah, watch this with me because I don't want... 
Because one of the things that is, I think is a little bit disingenuous is the people who are like, oh yeah, I'm going to eat meat and participate in this torture of animals, but I won't watch the videos. Like, it's too much. Mm -hmm. Like, it's too sad. I'm like, well, the videos are too sad, but then you still are contributing to this industry that's doing that to them. So I just didn't want to be that. So I was like, all right, I'll watch it. Like, I'll see how I feel about it. And as I was watching Earthlings, I was like, fuck grind, all that stuff. And I was just like, this is not okay. Like, this is not okay as, like, this moral being that has kind of terraformed Earth and has really... I don't know. I I think as humans, we try to aspire to these ideals. And I think our treatment of animals in pretty much all aspects from pets to factory farms is really a slap in the face to all of the romanticism that we regard ourselves with. So I was watching that with her and then she kind of like started hitting me with some arguments about suffering. Can animals suffer? Is your philosophy to limit suffering? If you continue to eat animals, are you causing unnecessary suffering? And when I couldn't argue myself out of that, based on my own ideals, I became a vegan. Wow. It sounds like quite. it was quite a journey. (laughs) I just got to say, it sounds like there's a a lot of uh, ups and and downs on that journey. And it involved a lot of of soul searching and and question asking. Uh, Lauren, do you have any any you're looking either skeptical or puzzled or like you have i i think i disagree on a lot of different fronts and it's um not a debate that i've had to engage in often especially on the moral grounds so i i think also just i want to put a plug in for rather than like debate use like a truth-seeking conversation like we're not two sides getting (laughs) she's she's a little frustrated with me or but i just wanted i wanted to put that out there right yes in (laughs) (laughs) in common science (laughs) we do not debate we truth seek and sing kumbaya yes of course we're truth seeking however like within the context of this conversation there is a debate right like we are not here today to debate but there is a debate mm-hmm. and uh i grew up in a family that practiced hunting in a family that also practiced farming that also practiced farming of beef um i have killed my own uh meat and then also consumed it. I watched like the death take place. Um, and I don't believe that those instances were unnecessary suffering. Now, I have a lot of problems with commercial farming and specifically commercial farming of meat. Uh, however, I grew up not engaging with commercial farming, like practicing uh, primarily hunting only so uh, my grandpa has cows one cow can produce a lot of beef like two families could go in on a cow to share it would fill your freezer for a whole year my grandpa himself or the like known butcher nearby would go out and like quickly end life for the purposes of um, consuming only what you need now on the point of consuming only what you need Growing up in rural Minnesota and also growing up uh, raised by by parents who were were 
who grew up in an era where like there was this big meat uh, publicizing like they did not know how much meat is necessary now being a common scientist i know that uh, the amount of meat that you might need for X amount of protein or other essential amino acids is extremely low and can be supplemented, obviously, with other things. Um, however, I believe that it's more natural to consume things that are not pharmaceuticals, and so I would rather consume meat than like take, take a pharmaceutical that might be made to like supplement a diet and I'm sure there are also like vegetables and things you could supplement that are truly vegan and are not like a pharmaceutical but I just think that the idea of causing unnecessary harming um is not something that I've been engaged with despite eating meat my whole life which is a claim for sure and I'm I'm sure there are instances when I've bought commercially farmed meat like unintendingly but especially now that I've become more conscientious of the argument in my adult life, I've done everything that I can to both limit my meat intake um, and also only purchase where I know uh, it is as moral as it can be because I'm not naive to, to think that there isn't like a natural order of, of life. Like even the wolves hunt, like the smaller animals and other animals hunt other animals, right? Like... I think that it would be normal for humans to hunt and to consume, right, as it has been throughout human history. However, I am also acutely aware that we are misusing and abusing our power. So I guess that's where I stand and where I disagree with some of the philosophy that you just uh, brought to the table. Yeah, the two things that I would largely push back against are, number one, the you making a claim that there was no unnecessary suffering by killing an animal that seems like a very bold claim to make which i can't i can almost see like very little like how like okay let's just let me ask you how was there no unnecessary suffering i don't know i don't like i don't i do not think that death for the purpose of something higher on the food chain than you is unnecessary I think it's necessary. And so by that argument, suffering is necessary at some places like within uh, within the food chain. And yeah, if something came along that was above us in the food chain, that would be like the natural order of things. And then I too could be considered. So might is right. Hmm? So might is right like being stronger what are you saying um yeah like where what i what i hear is that because we have the capacity to we might as well which because we have the capacity to what to kill and consume <laughs> like because evolutionarily we have engaged in consumption of meat and are like can't are not not just carnivores what's the word omnivores if you mm -hmm. eat both meat and are classified as omnivores i do not think it's morally wrong to consume meat and i definitely do not think that killing for that purpose 
is causing unnecessary harming. I would say it's causing necessary harming. Um, yeah, I think so. My question would be because I also like, I mean, I, I see like both sides. And so I'm, I'm curious, Lauren, what makes it necessary in your eyes? It's a good question. I think that my understanding of necessary is uh, in that most naturally, and especially for women, um, consumption of red meat specifically gives like iron and other supplementation, especially to a female body that loses blood each month. And I know that there are some positive benefits of consuming, specifically in this context, red meat. I didn't focus my research so much on that particular, like, question or defense because I didn't anticipate, I mean, I didn't anticipate talking about it in this light, but that's okay. Um, But I do think that my definition of necessary then includes, like, the minimum amount of some meat that would provide for you enough to have a non-supplementally um, induced, like, diet. So if... Yeah. And I, I think that there are alternatives where you could purchase, like, X amount of things that would supplement whatever vitamins you are missing... But I would have a hard time believing that you could do that without processed food because my philosophy of eating is to eat the least amount of processed food possible and that, like, in that way, you are living your most, like, possible natural life. Um, And I would think that that would include some amount of meat on, like, a monthly or every other month basis. But it could be really low. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's my understanding of necessary. Is nu- like nutrition, basically. Um, another, like, not yeah, we can. Supplemented nutrition. We can, yeah, non, non-supplemented specific. If you can find a vitamin nutrition, for everything. We can definitely yeah. dig into the, the common science of nutrition, and I'm sure Dre has a lot of good information on that. I think the other... The other piece I do see uh, in the necessary camp, if we are to set up these camps, even though uh, obviously life is gray, uh, is when it comes to hunting in particular. I mean, there's immense... like cultural rituals that are developed and and built around them and like i from uh the uh bringing it back to our comfort episode and the the comfort crisis where michael easter is an author and he went up to the arctic and went for a hunt with uh i can't remember the name of the guy but he went for a hunt and he describes the experience of uh, like taking 
the life of an elk, I believe, as one of the most profound, like, spiritual moments of his, of his life. And then, like, whether or not that is necessary can be up for debate, but, like, that could, that could be the other argument I would see for people calling it necessary is, like, this cultural and spiritual and all that component um which yeah i just wanted to bring up and yeah i know i appreciate i appreciate you just i mean bringing that to the table because i think that's probably also a, a part of it for sure for me um for like two reasons one growing up hearing the bible verse that says like people have dominion over animals wherever that's at regardless of what i believe about what that means uh it's in it was ingrained in me growing up i heard it many many times it was the justification always right is because god said um and yeah i don't know exactly what i think about that piece but i think it was a part of what informed my identity today for sure and then i think to the second point of the spirituality piece of like understanding and feeling moved by the experience of hunting um i would deeply agree that when you kill your own food to eat you appreciate it on a much much different level and honor uh not only like the life that was lost so that you could have that meal but also all of the other lives in that species so because i grew up like hunting pheasant specifically was what i most often participated in hunting i went deer hunting as well but um i was never the one to actually shoot the deer my brothers were a better shot than i uh but even in the the like the several times where i killed a pheasant and then brought it home and like stripped it and plucked it and prepared the meat and prepared the meal with my grandma and like all of that time and energy and understanding and seeing um made me just really appreciate and empathize for like the meal that I was having so I don't know that that makes that that makes it like okay morally but i do think if everyone had an experience like that we wouldn't be having the environmental challenges we are uh with overconsumption of meat and hopefully too we wouldn't have to deal with as much commercial farming because i think commercial farming of meat specifically is pretty horrific but yeah there's a big disconnect today in terms of meat consumption in a city like in amongst urban people versus uh like yeah those who get out but i also too like i hear you and i respect you a lot for saying like no these are are where my moral grounds are and so this is the decision that i had to make for me and that makes like there is no alternative for like based on your moral grounds and so i think that that's extremely honorable dre he nods (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah Um, you guys, you guys said a lot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely where we, where, 
like that last part you just said about my beliefs is definitely where I diverge because I don't know that I respected much of anything what you guys said. Mm-hmm. Specifically, this idea about necessary. You guys are using the word necessary, mm-hmm. but it's not, not meaning necessary. <laughs> so that's where I'm confused because you're saying it feels necessary to go through this spiritual experience through cultures, but that's just an appeal to a tradition. If we appeal to tradition, like women would still be getting maritally raped. Like, there's a lot of things that we can appeal. Like, there's so many appeals to tradition where they just don't make any sense. Like, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily care if a person feels more connected to the animal that they just killed. Like, so, well, like where, so you're, thing, you're saying that you're, you're, you're feeling empathy as you just killed an animal. Like, of course, you just killed an animal. <laughs> it's just like, I understand that there's some physical response to it. And that's going to make you looking into the eyes of a dying animal make, make you appreciate that they had a life. But that animal does not appreciate that you killed it. <laughs> so that's where I'm like. But that animal is dead. That animal doesn't have capacity. We to could say that about any human too. You could say that about any human that got killed. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. They don't have any capacity. Right. It's like so. Like the so if you take that reductio ad absurdum, it, that's not like a thing that you can lean upon to any capacity. Because first of all, like I said, you use the word necessary for things that are not necessary. It's not necessary to kill an animal. What it's if? not necessary to eat meat to survive. What if though? all essential amino acids are in plants? The animals that we eat, they get their nutrition from plants. The same thing that we eat, we eat that's inside of them. They got it from plants. So we could just eat the plants. And any idea that there's like some sort of spiritual experience from killing animals? Have, I mean, have you ever killed an animal, Dre? No. Oh well, yes, I have. Yeah, for sure. Like as a kid. Yeah. What, what was it? Uh, I mean, like a mouse. A mouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never like hunted or anything like that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that experience doesn't exist. I'm mm-hmm. saying that it is still unnecessary suffering. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I'm saying that it is not a philosophy that is becoming of a moral species. Do you think that if every single person had to go through that experience, though, there would be less overall suffering? So here's one uh, observation is a, I would need to like look up any numbers, but a high, a substantial amount of funding that goes towards conservation comes from the hunting community and the permits that come from hunting or fishing, uh, definitely within the state of Minnesota. So that's one uh, observation that just throwing it out there and letting mm-hmm. you guys play with it <laughs> yeah no I've, he- I've heard that before i don't have a lot of ideas on yeah. that um i don't i haven't looked into it i usually hear that from people who like to eat a lot of meat so i'm like okay like i i understand these little arguments just like there's a spiritual experience from killing an animal and eating meat i'm like okay so i don't have any i know that that's a fact or like that's a fact that's not out there a lot about where the money comes from whatever that, but that's also like there's a lot when people when there comes to arguments where people have a lot of cognitive dissonance and where they don't want to change their behavior because mm. they understand there's an idea two beliefs that they have or, slash their behavior are not adding up they start going to like weird extreme situations and that's an extreme situation where it's like not a lot of people are doing that so that's not really that's not an argument that i care to really look into too much at this point in my life because right now the vast majority of people are eating food from the grocery store, Cub Foods, whatever we go to, and that's all factory farming. It's all—it's like 95% of the meat that 
people eat in the Western Western world are factory farmed. So right. it's like to bring up some of these extremes that are five percent or less, or is, is disingenuous to me because that's not you just had cheese at Chipotle, you just so, had something that wasn't vegan at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. So that's unnecessary yeah. suffering, and that's how most people's daily lives are. So some of these extremes are like, I if you if you want to, which is fine. I'm not saying that my philosophy is right and yours is wrong. I'm just poking holes in the philosophy because yeah. you guys keep using the word necessary for things that are not necessary then you used appeals to tradition to kind of write off some sort of behavior that yes i I know why people eat me too yes i know we've been eating it forever i understand if, that and then you used an appeal to um nature which is a very dangerous appeal because there's a lot of things that are natural yeah so it's yeah, just like i agree with all the the flaws that you saw in the arguments just to push back with two thought experiments okay like number one <laughs> everybody is vegan and eats meat from a lab or like okay. faux meat from a lab and okay. they eat all of their vegetables from like vertical farms does, <laughs> does anybody does anybody give a shit about the countryside or like wildlife or any sort of should should we care like do, does anybody in that environment or a significant a portion uh are any do any of them have a connection enough with the natural environment to support uh those wildlife or what what have you like trees everything um when they are living in this like urban utopia in a lot of ways so that's like the the thought experiment number 1 number 2 would be like if someone eats no animal products besides ones that are from either their own hunting or their community hunting or from their small family farm and it's not like a factory farm obviously like that scale the line that you would draw that scale like does that make them unethical in your eyes like if they are not uh feeding into the factory farming scenario okay um number two the second idea yeah they're still immoral they're not necessarily like so i i've heard this like people sometimes ask like do you think that vegans are more moral like, I don't think I'm more moral than anybody. I think that this behavior is a more moral behavior than the one, the opposite, eating meat, eating animal products. I don't think that I'm necessarily more moral than anybody. I just think, yes, you two, I believe, in my philosophy of limiting suffering on Earth, that you two would be more moral if you did not contribute to the unnecessary suffering of animals. Whether you guys are more moral than me overall, I have no idea. That doesn't, that's not a conversation that interests me in this moment. So my answer is they are immoral or they are committing an immoral act because they are still causing unnecessary suffering. All meat eating, unless it's grown from a lab, all meat eating in the Western world, in my viewpoint, in veganism's philosophy, is immoral 
because it is unnecessary. You don't need to eat it for any reason in the modern world. Not for not nutrition, nothing. All of that, first of all, all essential amino acids can be found in plants. The only thing that has consistently been proven that you do need to supplement is B12. And when you talk about, so it's different when, like I said, when you start talking about extremes, Lauren, of like eating off of your farm of your hometown or your own barn, that's an extreme that I can't necessarily talk about what's in these animals, how they're treated, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're ending their lives, cutting their lives short by killing them, that's already getting me unethical. But that's not my point. My point is going back to the supplemental stuff. So B12 needs to be supplemented in vegans. That's a common deficiency. It's the only one that's been repeatedly in scientific studies proven. But also all of our meat, not or not all, but 95% of it, whatever the percentage is that is factory farmed is all supplemented. All these cows, all these things that they call GMOs, all this is supplementation. So all the nutrients that we want to get, they're putting un- artificially into the food that we're eating. So everybody in the Western, in the modern world is already supp- supplemented no matter whether you're having a vitamin or not. Plus, so many scientific studies on nutrition say that we should be taking supplements, that we should be taking, like, everybody needs vitamin D, pill. Everybody needs it. So I understand, and I can kind of, um, Lauren, I can kind of sympathize with, the like, a kind of no-processed food, not taking supplements. I can understand with that in theory, the no processed food thing is fine, but the no supplements things, I can kind of get with that in theory. But to say that I'm not going to take a vitamin, instead I'm going to kill an animal and commit unnecessary suffering is like such a huge leap in morality that I'm just like, whoa, that is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that. And the number yeah. one, or the experiment number one, thought experiment number one. So this is... Number one, I'll point out that you created this society hypothetically, or not, maybe it wasn't you, but you read about this society hypothetically, or sort of this society, when we just talked about urbanization, where there was, like, everybody starts, goes into these major metropolises, and everything else is nature. So at that point, you would have to ask that society the same question. Mm -hmm. Like, do we care, like, so how did we get here if we didn't care about that other nature, right? So it's like, what about, I get, I kind of get the idea of, like, Oh, hunters are obviously going to care about conservation because they like to hunt. Farmers are going to care about more cows because they want to kill them to make money. I understand that. But if that is... What? My grandpa loves his cows, not because they make him any money. He but loves does he his... kill them to make money? He loves his cows. It, it also... No, it yeah, doesn't really It provides profit. him a lot of meaning. I, was, I mean... Yeah, it provides yeah. him a lot of meaning... Uh, but it, very little that's, yeah. profit. That's fine. I'll get. I'll. I'll, I'll see that point. I'm not. That wasn't very my necessary point. I, it's, it's less to me why you're killing the cows or why you love them, and just the fact that you're doing it. Um, that's the thing that matters to me. I don't care that you love them, because at the same time, if I loved uh, a dog and then I and then I just killed them one day, because I was like, you know what? I think it's just time to go. Like some something. That argument. It I was just, just like. I think that that argument only makes sense if the life already existed, and often the lives that, like, my grandpa is taking care of, he he is the one who's responsible for the life existing. So, like, he breeds his cows on his farm. The only reason he continues to have cows is because they're breeded on his farm for that purpose, and therefore, like, he creates the life and the life and takes the life. And so, like, 
I think your argument is that it's more immoral to take the life than it is to, like, give the life. But it, but if my grandpa were not doing this, none of these lives would exist. Both are immoral. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... Okay, we might... Now we're getting into more... Some, it's not... I don't think it's extreme because it's consistent with my philosophy. Mm-hmm. But it will be more extreme to most people because they haven't heard this. I think that pets, for the most part, are immoral. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that it would be like morally good or better a better behavior to not produce these lives in the first place specifically farm animals who are raised to be slaughtered yes you should not create those animals that'd be like what why would i create a kid to raise as a slave i've created them so now i have this sovereignty over him that's the same argument it's just it's just not a human child and I get it. I understand speciesism. I understand that we think that we're so much more important than every species. We can do whatever we want, we want with them. And I understand the tradition of Christianity that some people have used. And that's the same tradition that they use for slaves. To say, oh, we should black people should be slaves in America. So uh, the, all these appeals to tradition, are there, this is such a flawed ideology that it's like, we need to think a little bit harder and deeper. And I and if and if we are just at the point as a species that we just really don't give a shit about these animals, then let's just say it. But don't start like making up a bunch of weird arguments that make no sense. Oh, I mostly don't give a shit. Yeah, which is like I'm. I I get yeah. that. <laughs> like, I, like I I also think that I mean everything that I said before is is true. But like I mostly don't give a shit. Like, I care about the environment. I care about the globe. I think that we should engage in consumption of meat um, sustainably, and I don't think we are doing that. I definitely don't think that commercial farming, it, it for meat specifically, is moral. And, like, whenever I have the opportunity to engage in local farming instead, and certainly with my own family and my grandpa, I do. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mostly don't give a shit. For sure. And uh, I respect that honestly, and that's just where most people are. But there's a cognitive dissonance because we kind of care, right? Right. Because we can see that they're mammals. We can see that that we they give us some sort of joy. We can see that they're experiencing pain just like we do. So there's mm-hmm. something that there's some empathy there. But because we put ourselves and our own taste buds over whatever suffering they're going through we just don't care well i just care about this more than that yeah i think the biggest for me cognitive dissonance that i experience is because um well is in the fact that i hold some species above other species even of the species that are below humans Mm -hmm. right like i grew up riding horses and the first time that i found out there were people in the world that ate horses Mm -hmm. i cried for days (laughs) definitely days and days uh and so i think as an adult now like that argument more than any makes me feel the most uncomfortable probably um but i do also just acknowledge that yeah i mostly don't give a shit and about the vitamins and supplements type or organ argument organization that was wrong argument uh yeah like my grandpa's beef is not supplemented and like i know it it's an extreme extreme compared to the population but like that is my like that is my experience and my reality and so i wouldn't like i would not need vitamin b12 in fact i've not ever grown up taking vitamins of really any sort um 
because I was like, yeah, raised to try to eat a balanced diet. And I know too, because of like mass farming, they say that I might be missing out on a lot of nutrients that are really important. And for those reasons too, I'm at the farmer's market every Saturday and I'm doing everything that I can to live sustainably. And even um, now, like don't really ever consume, unless it's for my grandpa, I don't consume beef. And like this past year, we didn't get any beef. So I've only been consuming like impossible meat or beyond meat. So like, I don't think that my behavior is as moral as yours, but I do think my behavior is a hell of a lot moral than most people's. And like, that is what consoles me. That is how I sleep at night. That is how I deal with my cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And I know that you guys, whenever we talk about veganism off air, you guys have mostly talked about environmental reasons as well, which mm-hmm. we just haven't gotten into, which, right. Is, right. which is fine. Like veganism is like, there's, you can talk for a long time about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thing is I want to, I so when it comes to something like veganism, which I think is an immor- a moral imperative, and this is kind of turned obviously. I don't know if it's like a full on debate, but it's like there's just like we're parsing through yeah, philosophies, no. right? Yeah. yeah. And for me, the reason why I haven't I've been comfortable with moving on to any other parts of veganism is because there's things that you guys are saying that to me don't make any sense, and I think to you guys don't make any sense either. But what you just said makes a lot of sense. You care about the environment. You care about your own health and your own taste buds more than you care about this animal. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. most people. Most people just don't think of it that way. And for me, I can understand that, and that seems true. That seems like an mm-hmm. honest description. But I just think humans, we need to be more than that. That's just my thing. Aiden, you've been waiting to chime in. Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, I think for me to touch a bit on my background, uh so I was a member of 4-H and I grew up bringing chickens and ducks to the county fair. Uh, that would not have existed without them having been brought into existence through <laughs> through having bred and raised them. And a lot of them were for like family farm egg uh, like egg production as well as, uh, as well as like exhibition. And, but beyond that too, uh, what I found a fascinating difference with that as opposed to factory farming is that these animals, like as, as soon as they stop producing eggs, we let them live like we like they they got to live out their 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 dandy lives uh like on the the family hobby farm uh and for me that made like that gave me a profound connection with uh like birds and now i'm pretty into going out into nature and going for walks and and seeking birds and Mm -hmm. trying to id them and get to know more about them and and so i i care a lot more about the environment in that way and that's just me talking about my experience i also know like my father uh who he really loves fishing the only time i mean he he'll go for walks too um and bike rides every now and then but one of the one of the the only thing that gets him to 
to go on a, an, a camping adventure up north, which whether or not that's a morally good behavior, I don't know. But like the only thing that gets him to engage with nature is fishing, which there's something deeply like deep within our like ape brains that makes us want to go out and kill things and like go I on agree. these hunts or fishes right and and i do think that there is something there where that does drive a lot of people's excitement for nature and so whether or not the death of a fish is necessary for someone to then like drop two grand on the bee lab as like a donation to the to to be conservation like maybe that one fish was or however many fish i mean obviously we don't we don't really know or i don't really know at least like is the are the deaths caused by these sorts of activities worth the connection that and investment the financial investment that comes into these areas that thus protects and proliferates the life of these animals like that's just that's where i personally see like what might be necessary i just don't know if it is or not like if if it's like that's where and two coming back to that thought experiment about the like urban utopia kind of like if we go down that route and nobody's eating any meat through hunting or fishing, like will the planet become just an urban jungle and will the, will there be no wilderness? Is that a morally, morally good outcome? Again, I don't know, but that's, that's where I possibly see the, like where the necessary could come from in terms of the suffering of some animals. I don't think that factory farming is okay. And I agree that I also, I mean, I do feel cognitive dissonance. I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I've actually bought meat. What I do uh, partake in is like at uh family holidays when meat is served uh yeah i enjoy it with my family uh or and or friends and then when it comes to uh yeah so that's like the one one time or like that's one context i'll i'll partake in uh consuming meat but then the other is is when like I might be on a backpacking trip and have paid my money to reserve a campsite that theoretically goes towards conserving and maintaining this wilderness area like my friend goes out for a morning fish and brings brings back a, a brook trout and I have a bite of it so like that's where like wood my friend Brett be as excited about investing his dollars 
because he is an avid fisherman and hunterman, would he be, would he be investing nearly as much of his energy and time into preservation and proliferation of these areas if he did not hunt or fish? I don't know. So that's like, I guess, where I would see the possible necessity of the suffering. Um, but what again, it it's like, what is it necessary to do? It, it would be like necessary to, given that we live in an Anthropocene age where humans have an extraordinary impact on the environment, mm-hmm. it would be possibly necessary to uh, inspire investment in these areas. I like that argument personally. It sounded great. So that's like, that's, again, it's something that I've been like debating about um, and and considering. And so like, that's where I think I I would see like one possible argument for eating meat or animal products in much more moderation than most people do today. Like... Yeah, and and eating it in the context of where it would lead to the investment and preservation of these wilderness areas. But we're the ones who destroyed these areas, so they they need to be preserved by us. So you're saying because we destroyed them, they need to be preserved, so we need to kill these animals to preserve them? Basically, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Like, (laughs) like how how many people go up to the Boundary Waters canoe area to go fishing there's so many things you can do besides fish in the wilderness <laughs> i understand how often do you how often do you go to how often do you go to the wilderness interest in the bonnie waters how the often is, how often have you how often have you good, so he doesn't need how often have you how often have you invested your money or time into conservation Oh, uh, very rarely justify here and there if I go camping with them or something. But yeah, like my seven dollars. My thing is with the conservation stuff, and, and like this is not my expertise, so I'm not like it's right. interesting. Again, um, it's also not mine, so I'm just like, <clears throat> yeah, that's where I I could maybe see an argument for. Yeah. Ne- so all <laughs> I can do is poke holes in the logic. <laughs> so that's all I can do with that. So it's just like there was a time before. So the only time, so humans just recently ha- have perceived or attained the power to destroy earth to destroy the ecosystem am i right it's relatively recently right we agree mm, we were no. just building up to this moment <laughs> no uh like yeah i mean you think four thousand years ago we could have just or just destroyed the environment like we have more capacity to do it more quickly but don't i mean we've been knocking down trees and starting fires and burning shit down since we like discovered fire so it was light yeah but it's just, like that, that that didn't destroy the earth it, only not... only recently have we been like com- been capable of drastic changes to the environment okay, however you define you. like drastic okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? How we define it? We have not dispossessed the power to destroy Earth for all of our human history. That's a modern thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because urbanization is what's doing it. Correct. I mean, there's a lot of things that are are what's doing it. Urbanization, like fossil fuels, in particular. Right. All this has to do with all this has to do with these major cities and these collections of people that are 
desiring way more than they need right mm-hmm. a lot of it's a it's peep we a lot of people consuming more than what the planet can naturally yeah and these people are replenish. usually in urban areas it's like oh, whatever i'm not going to get parsed through all mm-hmm. that's not as important but whatever we can agree that okay we i guess we could agree yeah. that humans for a little while have had the ability to share so whatever so my point is it's not like the earth needs us so why where is this savior complex coming from where it's like we need to go kill animals to save the earth so like that's what I'm, that's confusing to me so i think you're maybe you're like that the way that so i think it's like less less necessarily about saving the earth okay uh it's more about the life that exists in these like wilderness areas or even um just your local parks and things um okay so th- this is an interesting kind of philosophy so this is like a ends justify the means type of philosophy which is, is cool that's obviously dangerous but right is the ends justify the means yeah you're saying yeah i get yeah, to the benefits do this bad right, thing right? Because, because this good thing will happen yeah right because like yeah um and right. again i'm not saying that this is what's causing it because i'm just like putting this i'm positing this as a yeah as a hypothesis yeah like, but these are arguments that people yeah. make there's some mm-hmm. seems to be some validity to them so this is where so i'm i definitely have a desire to like study logic and philosophy to become a more consistent persons because i think it's really important for the advancement mm-hmm. of humanity specifically like i am a transhumanist i think there's something that will come beyond us and with a lot of the philosophies that you two are expounding it's gonna wipe us like if the, if this next thing has the same philosophy as us it's gonna wipe us out so it's, it's kind of an interesting idea to be like um which is like i have it too like of course like well, humans, so, so here it. if this next thing only has like has to kill some of us so it stays interested enough in us that it keeps us around is that a good thing like if this future ai transhumanist like has to come out and hunt some of us so it continues to have an appreciation for the human species yeah so, and so, and so, so some, it lets us yeah, survive so some, rather so, than eliminating us completely. Oh, I don't really mind if it, <laughs> like, if it eats us. As long as it doesn't eat you. No, it can eat me. As long as it doesn't eat all of us? No, it could eat all of us. Yeah. I mean, I'm more of a, I don't care <laughs> if it eats everybody, but don't eat me. That's mostly how I feel about <laughs> it. But, yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a more... Uh, morally consistent and morally honest argument than most would make. It's just that's fine. Um, I mean, that's more of a nihilistic argument, but I don't know. It's interesting. So my, so with you, Aiden, in, the, in these arguments about eating animals to save them, um, and then just finding the means. Can you agree though that that's a very dangerous philosophy to have, right? Apart from animals. Just ends just find the means. Uh, I think that sometimes, like, it's dangerous. 
any overt philosophy is dangerous at <laughs> yeah, times. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't yeah, matter it what philosophy con- you have. It, it would depend on the context, because I think that sometimes, I mean, I think about quarantining, for example, mm-hmm. during the middle of a, like, the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. Like, is quarantining a village where almost everybody will die in order to preserve the greater population. population. Yeah, that's a good argument. Um, Yeah, that would be the ends justifying the means, I suppose. I think, yeah, obviously utilitarianism would say that's right. Um, That's interesting. What would you do? (laughs) Would you quarantine them? Yes. Yeah, definitely. The problem is with that is that you don't necessarily like in the, in a hypothetical, I guess, you know, but in practicality, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Oh yeah. So that's where it gets really dangerous practicality. But yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I respect that. I respect it would that be you, a game you guys time decision, wipe out but... those a thousand people. Cause that's kind of like the, the classic philo- uh, philosophy one one argument. It's like, if you're on a train, you're about to kill f- five people. Will you turn the lever so that you are now responsible for killing four people? You're killing less people, but now you're responsible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mm-hmm. in general, people tend to be like, nah, like I'm not pulling the lever. Even though it's safe, even though, yeah, one more life, I'm now responsible. Right. But utilitarianism or even ends just by the means, you should pull the lever. Yeah. Interesting idea. All right. Well, wrap us up. <laughs> I hope that this cast challenged you. It certainly challenged me. Uh, and I hope that, uh, at the very least, we didn't get to talk about any of our favorite vegan recipes or anything of that nature. Uh, and <laughs> I have, I had, I had a whole thing about Pythagoras. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I, I had some fun stuff, but impossible uh, burger. Yeah. If you haven't oh, spent much time yeah, thinking about about, about veganism or about the content of your diet, about these moral grounds, like I hope at the very least with this conversation enlightened you of is that for even people like myself who might buy meat or get it from my grandpa and Aiden who might eat it at a family gathering and then Dre who doesn't partake in any animal product use except for what may or may not have already been in his closet prior to veganism I hope that it pushed you to consider you know what is my what is my argument do I have moral grounds for living the life that I'm living right now and do I feel okay with that or do I maybe need to make a change or do I maybe need to consider um, something a little bit different? And uh, in that, I hope that your your research as common scientist goes well and you're able to find a little light uh, in your own cognitive dissonance, in your own tunnel, in your own world. And I'm sure we'll revisit the topic in a, in a later cast. But until then, common scientists, it's up to you. Hey Common Scientists, hope you enjoyed the cast. Thanks for investing in Common Science. We hope it brought as much value to you as it did to us. To learn more, smash the subscribe button and visit our website, commonscientists.com, where you can read our blog, join our email newsletter, and follow us on social media. Finally, if you like what we have to say, you can absolutely support us on Patreon. We can always use more support. You can navigate there also from our website, commonscientists.com, common scientists with an S, so that we can continue cultivating a community of common scientists.